The holiday season in America is widely seen as a joyful time of year, a time for friends, family, the spirit of giving, and the promise offered by the beginning of a new year. For many, however, the season can bring to the forefront much more difficult feelings. In a survey published in 2014 by the American Psychological Association, many in this country associated the season with a marked increase in stress, irritability, and sadness. Work and financial issues were both among the top stressors for Americans during this time of year. While most who responded to the survey reported these feelings to diminish after the holidays were over, the survey noted that not much research has been done about mental health and the holidays. For any who have experienced life-changing events during the season, it is not unthinkable that Christmas time may give way to feelings of depression or other mental health issues. Though it is only a B-horror film from the 80s, Silent Night, Deadly Night focuses on exactly this. In this film, we find an unexpected spotlight turned towards the importance of mental health care in America, the culture's attitude towards it, and the inability of many to access mental health care when they really need it. Thank you for listening. I want to hear you scream. It is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. Look at me, Damien. This is Podcast of the Dead, the podcast about all things horror-related. I'm Zach Plummer. Sitting next to me is Isaac Wright. I play Shuffleboard. My name is Earl. And joining us from the void is Chrissy Beetle. Naughty! (laughs) Uh, Okay, so... um, Well, we're going to talk a little bit about some horror horror news, but not really... Uh, kind I, of. I did that just for the horror news. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I'll put echo. I'll put like extra echo on just that. I'll like Sweet. isolate it. And I, <laughs> I'll probably be talking over it. Anyway, um, so actually, we're gonna talk. We're gonna t- talk a little bit about some news. Uh, one of the things is uh, Tony Todd's birthday was uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday! Uh, which this is the seventh. It would have been December sixth. Uh, was his birthday? Happy birthday, Tony Todd. How how old is he, Chrissy? Oh gosh, I cannot remember. How do you not know? <laughs> this is your. I, I saw it on the Twitter. We, we, we done good. Him, we did it. <laughs> I wished him happy birthday. I will. He is sixty-five, 65. and he still looks Great. very, very good. Tony Todd, please email the podcast. <laughs> Thanks. Podcast of the dead at gmail.com. But how can you use a smartphone with the hook hand? I mean, it's, you're, oh, just, know, you're just going to pierce the screen every time you try to use it. I know, I know I'm about to be engaged, but uh, Tony, you can still hit that shit up. Um, the other thing that I, I, I mean, it's, I guess it's kind of worth mentioning is that there's going to be a new Ghostbusters trailer. It'll already be out by the time this goes yeah. up. Uh, I'm really excited. Yeah. I've already said that I'm probably going to spend the rest of today after we do the podcast watching all the Ghostbusters again. Because I eat that shit up, but, I mean, this movie could go a lot of different ways. Yeah. I feel the same way about this that I feel about the Final Fantasy VII remake. Oh, like, yeah. Like, it could go <laughs> yeah, completely that's true, yeah. bad. <laughs> um, but I kind of yeah. want to get the, the Final Fantasy VIII remaster. The graphics look kind of weird. I don't know about Did it. They, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I, 
I thought they looked okay, but I didn't, maybe that was just me. Maybe it's also my nostalgia goggles. Anyway, <laughs> enough anyway, about Final Fantasy. <laughs> um, so actually what we're going to try and talk about is kind of a recap of the year in horror. Uh, just because, you know, mm. it is the end of the year and I think it's worth talking about some of the stuff that we saw this year. And uh, it was actually, in my opinion, a pretty good year for horror. There was a lot of great stuff that came out. Uh, my personal highlight was Midsummer. I thought Midsummer was like one of the best horror movies made in like a long time. It was fucking so good. God, Midsummer I love was that pretty movie. rad. Midsummer is, is yeah, probably top of my it list was enjoyable. too. I'm trying to think of anything else that would top it for me. I mean, just the soundtrack alone was. Oh amazing. yeah, no. Like, well, the visuals in Midsummer are probably what made it for me. Just the the feeling of being you know on psychedelics of some kind. Yes, that was mm. really an interesting effect that you don't see in a lot of movies. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Um, Us is really fun. Us is great. Us is a great movie. Um. Not my favorite movie of the year, obviously, but it, I mean, Us is it was amazing. pretty good though. I Us is an it. amazing watch. Yeah. yeah, watching it the second time around was really like, oh man! Once you actually know what the twist is at yeah. the end, you're not like on the edge of your seat, and you can kind of appreciate it for what it is. Yeah, and it's really fun to that watch. Fir- that first watch is really good though. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Um, trying to think of the other ones that really got me. Uh, we we do have to mention we didn't see the lighthouse. Right. We didn't see Ma. Ma. Yeah. Um. And what was the other one we said we didn't see? Was that it? Oh. No, there was something else. Oh, we, we all didn't see Pet Cemetery. Oh, oh true. that's true. Yeah. Yeah. How Even though we, we talked about it. that piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, there was one other thing that we didn't see, and I can't remember. Uh, I mean, it, it, yeah, well. it's okay. I mean, we saw a good chunk of what the mm. year had to offer, yeah. and I feel like we oh, can still... Oh, y'all didn't see Dr. Sleep. That's right, the one. yeah. That's yeah, right. but I saw it. Yeah, I, yeah, we don't all have to collectively see all of it, but I mean, <laughs> I, I, I would say that we all together saw enough to kind of give a good mm-hmm. a, give, a good sheen of the year. Yeah. I, I would say that, like, as far as, like, as a grand hole for the decade, it was a pretty good year. It wasn't, like, the ideal, like, way to end the decade as far as horror. Like, there could have been some better entries, maybe. Uh, but oh, I, yeah. I feel like I feel like last year was pretty good. Last year had a lot of great. I don't know the the thing that I like about horror for this year and for and for last year too, really for the past few years, horror seems to be one of the of the really strong eras or areas rather in cinema that is constantly bringing out new material. There are a lot of rehash things like we were just talking about. They are going to be rehashing Black Christmas. That's another thing that's going to yeah, come out. We did have yeah, to sit through that Child's bleh. Play movie. Yeah. Child's Play was definitely not on my list of good movies that I've seen this year. <laughs> <laughs> um so there there's plenty of rehashing and, and I mean that's that's a staple of Hollywood. That's going to that, you know, we just said Ghostbusters is coming out. Yeah. Big big surprise. You know, they're always going to milk every property that has made money in the past for more money in the future. But we have a lot of really uh, original stuff, too, this year. And that's what I find really encouraging. And while I'm not about to say that this has been a golden year for horror, um, it has been one of the areas in cinema that has continually brought out new stuff as opposed to continually rehashing stuff. Because... It's been pretty good. Like, I don't know. Disney has a lock on everything. So you, you constantly, uh, uh, like the, the social media stuff that you see, at least it's through my social media, I'm really only on Reddit. You know, it's it's Mandalorian, it's Star Wars, it's Avengers, it's uh, yeah. Spider-Man. Oh, I have a it's, mouse. 
Oh, hail the mouse. <laughs> yeah, no, and you just see so much of that that it it's just like, is there anything else sometimes? And I know there's probably a lot of, like, dramas and action movies that we missed that were probably really good. But, I mean, the first one that pops in my head is that fucking Fast and Furious oh, yeah. offshoot. It's not even a Fast and Furious and movie Shaw. anymore. Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. yeah. Apparently that was really enjoyable. That's what they said, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't have to not be enjoyable, but it doesn't mm. make it original. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, yeah. It, just because it's an enjoyable action film, that's admirable. But why did you have to siphon off random characters from another franchise to make a good action film? You know what I mean? It you could, could have, have been its own film, but they had exactly. to put Fast and Furious sort of mate slap it on. Do you think? Okay, so kind of weird tangent, but okay, if Hobbs and Shaw wasn't. A Fast and Furious franchise, but still had Idris Elba, still had fucking uh, Jason Statham, and still had was the it Vin Rock. Diesel? Oh no, it was The Rock. Yeah. I couldn't remember who else they pulled from the Fast and Furious franchise. Um, if they still had all those actors in it, wouldn't it have still been a like successful movie? Did it need the Fast and Furious tie-in? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I don't know. Like who is, maybe it was one of those things where it was a one. There was a mm. different movie, and then they're like, "Let's make this a Fast and Furious movie instead." Like, <laughs> <laughs> to, to quote, to quote Rich Evans, because I, I can't remember. I think this was from last year. He said it. All mo- like so many movies that will be coming out this year and the next year. They're all either remakes, sequels, or just reimaginings. And they're all fucking superhero movies. No. And I mean, again, we can't we can't fault Hollywood for doing what Hollywood does best, yeah, which it'll is make, money. make yeah, yeah, they make marketable movies that keep them running. We can't shit on Hollywood for still, doing what keeps them going. I can still dislike them though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We can still uh, dislike still the movies shit in general. On the capitalistics. Here- <laughs> Here's one movie that I, I actually didn't think about that much this year, but the more I think about it, the more I actually kind of enjoyed it in like a B-movie sort of way was Brightburn. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't know. I thought, you know, it, it's interesting to make a horror movie about a, about superheroes really kind of, you know, in a way. I mean, kind of Chronicle was sort of the same thing, mm-hmm. but not in this way. I, don't, I, I mean, I kind of inherently don't like found footage films. Uh, that much. Uh, it's just kind of. I don't like shaky cam stuff. It just is fucking disorienting. Um, but Brightburn was enjoyable in that B movie sort of way. Like I think it, in the future it will probably be a cult film. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, in that sense, I do enjoy it. You know, um, and I, I can understand like if it does gain a cult following, I, I can understand why it will. Um, for this year, I said it beat Chapter Two for me which is the most anticipated film for this year for me, mm. obviously. But yeah. Doctor Sleep was one of the best films I've seen this year. Yeah, which is uh, is interesting because, I mean, neither Isaac or I watched it, but... Uh, it seemed to yeah, tank it, as well, which is really Yeah, yeah. We, we talked about that before, and I just don't know why. It might have been whatever it was up against when it was released. Well, yeah. I, I think we agreed that it was the way it was marketed. Yeah. It was <laughs> just not... It wasn't as heavy as it should have been, maybe. And this was also, and then the other thing is, this is also the year of Joker, which did oh, anyone yeah. see Joker? Did it, you see Joker, Chris? I didn't, but it came out that Stephen did, so I heard all about it, and it came out <laughs> so close to Joker that it would never have stood a chance. Yeah, 
And yeah, I don't know, Joker. So, and Joker kind of is its own weird thing uh, yeah. as far yeah. as movie history because it's not a superhero movie, but it's not not a superhero movie. Yeah, it like it actually had. You know, I I, I like. Um, I mispronounced his name before. How do you say his first Wa- name? Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. It had Joaquin Phoenix. Really good actor. You know what I mean? In, in a comic book movie. Jowell ja- ja- Quinn. Yeah, Jowell pe- Quinn Phoenix. Pe- pe- <laughs> yeah. Um. Mahogany Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, would, I would say uh, Joker, like I haven't seen all, I haven't, I've seen enough of Joker, like clips and stuff to know that it's basically a thriller. Mm-hmm. Uh in and many, it's kind of cerebral. In many yeah. Ways. Yeah, yeah, it's a cerebral thriller type movie. It's like not really horror, but it's it's got kind of like elements. Yeah. You know, and like, and, and this is a spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, mm-hmm. but where he shoots the talk show host, he shoots Robert De Niro. Uh, that's like, I mean, that's kind of like fucked up, you know, because uh, it's very graphic. Everyone's but, basically uh, seen that like, that fucking scene though. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, yeah. That, yeah. That but I'm just saying, just in case you have it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just in case you haven't, I'm trying to be safe. It was a movie that came out this year. I, yeah. I, I, I feel oh, like so I'm justified. I, I don't know. I feel, and, and I mean, it broke all the records. Like it's the highest rated R rated movie of yep. all time, or highest grossing. I yeah. should say R rated movie of all time, breaking Deadpool. It is gross. Yeah, bre- uh, breaking Deadpool yeah. 2's record. So yeah. that's interesting. That um, I don't, I don't know because, like I said, I, I read a lot of weird things about it. I read some people say it's re- it's really good, it's really cerebral, it's really it's a heady movie, and then I've seen other people say that it really is just on its face, just a, a movie. There's no no deeper meaning in it, it at is, all. I and s- I just I found it interesting that there could be so many conflicting opinions on that. And I, I don't know. That's that's the one takeaway I got from watching the reaction to Joker. Well, I, I, I will make my own opinions on it later. Whenever they say. Whenever they're talking about critic critical reviews, and they say that they're mixed, that's what they mean. They mean that there are people that like it a lot, and there's people that don't like it a lot, and mm. there's people that are kind of just meh on it. And mm. I feel like that's kind of what it is. It's just like, it's a divisive movie. Mm. A lot of people thought it was maybe like, kind of in over its head like thinking it was it was more cerebral than it was mm. and i you know i haven't seen it really to know that for sure but it, you know i don't know that's, it's, it is what it's what you you feel it is yeah. i feel like that's what Stephen you know? kind of said was he felt it like he felt that it was trying it was trying a bit too hard but also it delivered the message that it delivered the message they were trying to Trying to tell, but it was went a little bit uh, hammy on it. I mean, that's really all Joker is, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's that's the. But I, it obviously, it. if you look at the <laughs> crowd, it has kind of appealed to. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> they, <laughs> we it, live in a society. Inst- we yeah. all know the line. <laughs> they fucking say it in the film as well. Or I, I, they say it. Because I remember Simon saw it, and Simon sent mm-hmm. a message to our like house group chat, and it was yeah. they, it was just they said it. They said we live in a society. <laughs> the fucking film did it. Um, and then real quick, jump off to games. We Death Stranding was we talked about Death Stranding a little bit already. Uh, that was. Uh, were there any other big horror games that came out this year? Uh, there was the uh, Resi like- remake, wasn't that this year? Yes. Oh, the Resident Evil Two. Yes. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was this year. Yes. Yeah, it's been that came so out fucking long. This I, year's been I long. I still haven't gotten it, but Resident Evil Two looks amazing, and I still need to get it. Like, I just haven't played it yet. But, but again, that's just a remake. We all knew Resident Evil Two was good. Capcom knew Resident Evil Two was good. This year's the, been too long. Otherwise, they. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, Death Stranding, very mixed review. I'm, very, very, it, I'm enjoying it. I haven't are you, got are, are, that, it, Is it fun? I haven't got that far into it, but I'm enjoying it. <laughs> there is I haven't got um, that far into it is because I picked up the JoJo fighting game, and that's been taking all my time. Oh, uh, okay. Which we still haven't posted our JoJo's episode. We'll get you that sometime. No, so, we have to redo days. it. No, we won't. Yeah, well, we, I know we have to redo yeah, it. We, we have, we have to, to redo, redo our uh, JoJo's episode that we did. We'll get it to you eventually. <laughs> but regardless, it'll it'll be here one eventually. of these days. Yeah. <laughs> eventually. Um, but Death Stranding, I don't know. Like, I heard some really positive things about it. I heard some really negative things about it. All I know is it doesn't sound like a game that I'd enjoy. Everyone <laughs> I know that's played it, that's finished it, has said it's bloody brilliant. The story is absolutely fucking amazing. And yeah, there's all the jokes about it being like walking simulator, ha ha ha. But it's actually like really fucking good and really fucking fun. So yeah, I, and, I don't know. Yeah. Does what what I've seen of it, I don't have the patience. And I don't have the goddamn patience. And it's, <laughs> I've heard it's uh, relaxing. Yes, and unlike Metal Gear, which yeah. is really fucking tense, and you know about tearing people apart in terms of not just literally. But you know, you know, it keeps people apart because war. This is about trying to reconnect and, you know, build bridges. And that's literally why the character's name is Sam Bridges. Uh... Kojima was literally <laughs> making a comment on like how fractured our society is, and I fucking love it because because okay. all, all the right. Americans we live okay. in a fractured God society. So many Americans right. are angry over it because they're like, he called us stupid because he said we didn't understand. <laughs> yeah, no, they did. We only understand FPS shooting games. That's why I've been I've been playing nothing but modern warfare for <laughs> the last sixty four days. Uh, I'll let you know. I I have. Shot so many heads with up the, the 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 gun, that one gun, the one that's really good, uh, not the not good one. Everyone okay, knows that's the not it for good news. One. Thank you. Uh, now on to the um, the thing that we're talking about, which is the, the movie about the Santa. Punish. Podcast of the dead. This might be a deeper episode than maybe you're expecting it to be. Um, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff here. We're especially mm. going to talk about a lot of psychology in this episode. And we're, we're, we're just going to preface this with, we're not history experts. We're not psychology experts. But we are going to talk about what we know. And we think it'll still be pretty useful information or interesting information uh, for you to hear, I guess. So, um Let's start with a kind of... With what the movie is. What the movie is. Well, <laughs> I, well actually, we're going to talk about... We're going to talk about Christmas first. We're going to talk a little bit about Christmas. Okay. And, and none of us yeah. none of us are really, really religious. Let's put it, put that out there first. Uh, we're not... I think we all grew up Christian. So I think that, that no. helps. Oh, you didn't? Okay, what'd you... What'd you... No. We... No one gave a shit in my house. Nobody gave a shit in your house? But did you celebrate Christmas? Yeah. Okay. So I, my family was not particularly religious growing up, but I, I was technically considered Protestant, and my family did uh, celebrate Christmas. So I would say that's kind of still you didn't celebrate like Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or anything is like is what I'm trying to say is like so you yeah. have a history with Christmas. 
You have a history. Oh, God, you you have a history. I was hardcore Episcopalian. <laughs> and <laughs> I yeah. mean, uh, what Episcopalian basically means is church? <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we, we went to church. We... we we definitely my my parents are very religious um but in but not crazy religious there is a difference between very religious and crazy religious uh pious yeah exactly no <clears throat> definitely grew up in a religious household and i actually do agree with a lot of those tenants today uh went to catholic school all my life don't really like catholics very much sorry that's a prejudice that i have <laughs> excuse me um but no but i i like i like a lot of things about religion. I don't really like things about. I don't really like things about organized religion. That's my issue. Yeah. Well. Okay. So let's talk about Christmas a little bit specifically. Like, like, because I, I think nowadays we kind of see Christmas as one sort of thing, especially like it's this big celebration sort of thing, and it's almost like at this point it's almost like a month and a half long thing. Um, it's capitalist hell at yeah. this point. Let's be honest. <laughs> But the thing is, in America, that's a relatively recent thing, um, mm. because we it's recent here as well. Yeah, it, yeah, in England, it's it's pretty recent too, and, and it's mostly because of well, America in America in 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 Britain, it's because largely they're Protestant countries, um, and Protestants up until <laughs> oh no, we 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 were a Catholic country. You, you, uh, when? Yeah, we flip flop. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Depends I, I on who's like, monarch. I, well, I, I would say that there are large periods of time, especially recently, where you've been Protestant. Let's put it that way. Um, Depends on who's monarch. It's mostly. Yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> I, I, I'm just gonna say that large. We we understand that the countries at one point have both been Protestant. Let's put it that yeah. way. Um, and the thing about pro. Protestantism, like, early on, especially, like, let's say early 1800s, uh, which is the period kind of where it started turning, uh, did not celebrate Christmas, really, and not in no significant way. Let's let's put it that way. And if you went back in America to, like, the 1830s, you would not see, really, any celebration of Christmas in any significant way. Uh, that didn't start until about... Like the late 1800s, like the 1870s or so, uh, largely it was celebrated by Catholics in America. But even in America, like if you were a kid going to school and you missed Christmas Day, if if it fell on a school day, you would be punished because it was not mm. it was not a thing that you missed school for. It was just like it was just another fucking day, basically. Uh, which nowadays I feel like to us is weird. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? I mean, but that makes sense. So I mean, um... yeah. Early in the days of America, Catholics were a marginalized group um, to a certain degree because uh, we are, were a Protestant nation and Catholics were very much discriminated the same way every ethnicity that came here was. You know what I mean? Yeah. The only people that weren't real... Wasps were the only really the only people that were free of persecution. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, that's why it was a big controversy when JFK was president. He was the first Catholic president. That was a big fucking deal. Yeah. Yeah, it was a big fucking deal. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's kind of the history of that in America. So it, it, it does surprise me that we didn't celebrate Christmas. But at the, the same reason, time, it didn't surprise me too much. <laughs> the reason as well is because a lot of our... When Charles II came into power after they 
kicked Cromwell out and reinstalled the monarchy is a lot of our Protestants and a lot of the Protestants beforehand had moved to America, they'd gone to the New World because of the fact that they didn't like one, they didn't like being ruled by a Catholic again at that point mm. and secondly, they didn't enjoy um, like some of the Protestants were like, hey, we're too pious for your country we're going to make our own country yeah, and then we're going to kill the natives yeah <sighs> uh, yeah, but you have to understand. Okay, England. Yeah, so you have to understand a lot. Uh, a lot of the reason why Protestants are are that way is because they're coming off. You know, because it's not that far removed from the schism between Protestantism and Catholicism, mm. uh, and and where basically Protestantism was a move back towards like not enjoying yourself. Basically, is what it was. Is like all as you had put it before we. Talked before we turned the mics on. You said that Protestantism is about uh, all joy is is to be celebrated in heaven. You know, yeah, essentially, yeah. yeah. You you give your life to to God, and basically everything else is you you basically subsist, and you you try to be as Christ like, pious, whatever you want to call it. You try to live a humble life. Um, I do know a little bit about the Reformation. Um, the little bit about that was, or the, the, the Protestant Reformation. Um, the big thing, like you, you were saying, is that what Martin Luther had a problem with, above all, was tithing. Basically taking money yeah. from the congregation, mm-hmm. um, basically to fulfill the coffers of the Catholic Church specifically. Yeah. And, uh, people, normal people saw the opulence, let's say, of the Catholic Church. And that was definitely in stark contrast to how they were having to live their daily lives, and yet they're still paying money for the privilege of worshiping, right. essentially. Yeah. And um, I, it's not too far removed to what we see today, it's not <laughs> yeah. as, much, as much talked about, but the Catholic Church is still one of the most richest organizations in the world. Right. And... Um, I don't know, it's hard to talk about a little bit, just because, uh, yeah. you, you, I mean, you can't fault the Catholic Church for, you know, the, the religious side of everything, but then, just as in the Protestant Reformation, you can uh, certainly <laughs> fault it for its rampant corruption. Yeah, and the corruption and just the decadence. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and probably then, as in now, I assume abuse. The Catholic Church has been an organization for a long time that has... They do love diddling them kiddos. <laughs> yes. It is, for a long period of time, been a very abusive organization. And that's not to belittle the people that follow it devoutly. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with Catholics, no matter, no matter how much of a prejudice I might have. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with Catholics. We the, love Catholic... them here. Yeah. See, yeah. the Catholic religion is a good religion. But unfortunately, the people at the top, just with every big... Like function of our society gets corrupted very. Anyway, quickly. we're getting real deep into this. Yeah, basically, and one it's thing that to I... England that we have the troubles <laughs> in Ireland between Catholics and Protestants. Oh yeah. God, that's a whole nother. That's a whole stick. thing. Okay, Christmas so we talked... not allowed. <laughs> we talked about the history a little bit. What yeah. I what we didn't talk about, and what I want to like, what I am wondering. So we started practicing here late eighteen hundreds, uh-huh. and at, from that point on, Cat Chris just. Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> Christmas. Yeah, it's Christmas-ish. Christmas. Um, but Christmas became a thing following that 20th century, you know, or, or late 19th century, early 20th century, Christmas kind of became a wholesome thing. 
What I am curious about, and this will probably start a huge discussion. We're going to have to cut it off at some point. At what point did Christmas catch on primarily because it was marketable? I I mean, uh, it's it's hard to say because, like, I, I think around the time where it because. <laughs> that, that's yeah, my yeah. real question. <laughs> Here's the thing is you have to understand that. That the late 1800s was also the period where it's the Gilded Age. Right. That's like the period where like they're the capitalists are like overrun with up, like just up trying to, to make right before the, the just the trying depression. to make the ultimate profit possible. Yeah. So basically, I think it probably sprung from that a little bit. Is trying is is that marketability of Christmas came from that era, the Gilded Age of because that's that's around it's around the same time that that happened. Because mm-hmm. is it. Did because right now one thing to know about Christmas right now if you don't work in an industry like retail uh, or, or or shopping or yes I know if you don't work in this specific industry Christmas is where everyone makes their money I don't know if it, everyone knows that I, I assume most people do I assume people do yeah know but that. yeah Christmas is where like there are businesses that don't profit all year round and then at Christmas they're profitable again miraculously. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's businesses that exist solely for Christmas. Exactly. And yeah. That, and that I mean, baffles look at, like, me. Greeting cards. Like some greeting card industries that just make Christmas cards. Well, I'm even thinking of like because we have we have we used to have a store on the square. I think that was just Christmas stuff. Oh, we I don't get pop ups every yeah, year. But there are pop, it's like Spirit Halloween. Yeah. Christmas stuff. <laughs> yeah. But. During that industrial revolution, when things are getting better, people have more money to spend. I'm almost unless you're I'm, in Victorian Britain. <laughs> <laughs> like it just it just has it just gnaws at my brain that someone must have looked at a holiday that had up to that point not been very widely celebrated, and was like, if we can make this catch on, this will keep us going. For centuries. <laughs> well, I think a lot of it, especially like still with Victorian England, it was still oh. Jesus's oh. birthday. It was still that, but you would give like a little gift or something because of the tale of Saint Nicholas. Right. But then, honestly, it kind of started happening in like, probably from like really what my mum has said, like that the real like drive for Christmas started in like the seventies and eighties with like the tech boom. Really? I guess, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Huh. Yeah, because okay. like, from what like my mum said, like Christmas was always like a small affair. Like it was a family affair rather than the need to bankrupt yourself with present, to buy presents <laughs> oh, for your kids. Okay. Yeah. So the, it, it, was a, it was a more 20th, cent, 20th century invention. Yeah. So what we see is... The way we, we celebrate it now anyway, yeah. Yeah. So we see a, an evolution from being... A holiday that n- not no one, but a lot of people did not celebrate and was almost persecuted, not persecuted, but, you know, frowned upon in some society, in parts of society. Then it grew to a holiday that a wider majority of people followed. And again, we did mention St. Nicholas a little bit. Um, I believe he's a patron saint of children. And that's, again, that's in the Catholic <laughs> tradition. And... You know, that's what popularized us, giving gifts. But again, as you said, I think in its earliest traditions, it was not big gifts. It was meant to no, be modest gifts. True. <laughs> it was like, especially in Victorian Britain, a parent would give like their child a piece of fruit. Yeah. You said like or a tangerine or something like that? 
clementines. A clementine, oh. Which okay. is a type of orange. Yeah. And only like really rich families <laughs> celebrated Christmas in sort of the bigger way. Mm-hmm. Like Christmas trees only came over from Germany because of Prince Albert and, and Prince Albert. We didn't we didn't have Christmas trees. Prin- until... Prince Albert's the one in the can, right? <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> what? I thought that was wait. <laughs> What's, what's, what's the Victoria's husband who did the dying and made her sad forever. <laughs> I was <laughs> anyway. Uh... I, I got your it joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, I here. Uh, I think this will segue nicely because we talk about Saint Nicholas, and Saint Nicholas actually has like an antithesis, Krampus. Yeah, yes. which I, I, I'm sure a lot of horror fans know who Krampus. There have is. been a couple of, uh, of horror movies based on Krampus. Yeah, we, we we did a little bit of research. It, it was a tradition. Primarily in Germanic and Scandinavian Europe. Well, like in actually, that more area. like more like Central Europe. Central Europe, yeah. Okay, so like Ger- Germany, Austria, Bavaria, yeah. uh, Northern Italy, all that sort of stuff. It, it, it's kind of like he was supposed to be like the antithesis to Saint Nicholas, but apparently there are there are some like stories that kind of relate to Krampus that predated even like the Christian. Uh, faith is what they say but it, it's hard to say for sure because uh, Krampus is one of those kind of like eh, there's not really solid records here mm-hmm. uh, sort of things and it, you mm-hmm. know being folk folklore a lot of folklore is like that where you can't even like have like a solid like stamp, date stamp on it Yeah, uh, he just took I, kids the naughty kids he took them mm-hmm. to hell and beat them <laughs> yeah, as opposed to giving them coal, which is what we know from, like, just regular Christmas tradition. I, I've is. also read some sources that Krampus was, like, the god of witches. Yeah. I, I, yeah, uh, I, I, it did seem that he that he was associated with witches. Yeah, um, I think but, it's to do with, it's also to do with Walpurgis and that kind of thing, like, they're linked. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but that kind of brings me around. The reason why I want to talk about Krampus is because I'm trying to bring it around to the movie again. And well, no, I mean, but but Krampus is the, probably the only negative, like, aspect of Christmas that we have. But that's the thing, is that Krampus has existed for a really long time, and, and Krampus is, like, that that thing where it's, like, it's not like evil things in Christmas, like, related to Christmas, have not existed ever. It's, like, <laughs> one of those things where it's, it's kind of always been kind of an undercurrent that you can kind of, like, introduce into Christmas and it not be that weird, because it's not like it's, it's foreign completely. Mm. Yeah. And that's kind of why I think it's funny... That this this movie has like so much controversy around it, which we'll get to later. That it's like, oh, you can't put those two together, especially since Black Christmas came ten years before this. Fuck you. Uh- I think it's <laughs> literally just to do with the fact that Santa is the main focus of the film, like because because you know everyone knows. I mean, because obviously Chris Kringle, such jolly old Saint Nick, Father Christmas, that fat bastard, um, that Coke. <laughs> Absolutely capitalized on. <laughs> I, I was about to say, I think I, I, I have a feeling. I have a feeling in, in, in my cockles. Um, <laughs> in the cockles of, of my wiener. Uh, <laughs> in, <laughs> in, my cockles of my cock. In the cockles and my, balls. My cock cockles. <laughs> in the cockles and uh, dick and balls. <laughs> I have a very strong suspicion that one of the biggest lobbyist groups against Silent Night, Deadly Night was probably the Coca-Cola Corporation. <laughs> no, <laughs> because you know they were parents, but or Norman Rockwell's family. 
any of those are valid, but I believe that the Atlanta monolith known as Coca-Cola probably had a problem the with Atlanta it as well. The Atlanta monolith? <laughs> uh, yeah, so, okay, so let's talk about this movie. We've been kind of, like, leading up to it this whole time, but let's talk about, let's talk about what this fucking movie's about. Silent Night, Deadly Night. It's about a kid. Who wants to take it from there? Oh, oh. It, it... It's about a boy who who grows up after seeing his parents murdered by a bloke dressed as Santa, and then when he grows up, he goes and kills people with Santa because he has a mental breakdown. Essentially, yeah, yeah. And like that's, that's the a easy, simple that, version of it. That's he the, has the easiest breakdown, breakdown that you can make of this movie. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty. I mean, that's pretty much like the easiest way to put it. It's actually one of our easiest synopsis we've ever done. Um, yeah, because yeah, okay. okay, yeah, the, the actions that happen in this movie not deep, not hard to explain. Okay, one really important thing that I want to say before we go further, uh, there is kind of a content and trigger warning. Yes, uh, to this movie because uh, yeah. there there is some like mm, not incredibly graphic but definitely some graphic uh sexual assault scenes and some some near rape scenes so just to let you know before you start watching this movie that is very important for you to know i'll I'll mention that i almost turned this movie off because i thought it was about to go into a straight up rape scene yeah like you and i were watching like zach and i were watching it at the same time and it got to a point where i was i was about to be like I'm about to get up off this couch yeah. if this goes the way that I think it's going. Yeah. It did not. It went regular horror movie fair, and I was relieved. <laughs> but yeah, no, it can. If 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 you have any issues with that, yeah, be be forewarned. Yeah, and it's not just one scene. There's a couple scenes yeah. in yep. here, just to let you know. Uh, fair warning. Uh, There's a lot but- of titties. In not good context. Yes. Well, there are titties in good context, yeah, and there are titties in, in not context, good context. Quigley, <laughs> but there's just a lot of bad titties. It's a two. It's a it's a coin flip of titties. Um, I thought you were about to say it's a two titty street. <laughs> it's a double titty sword. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about characters. Uh, let's okay. Let's first talk about some some more of the minor characters first before we talk about Billy because he's the main character. Mm. Uh, let's talk about uh, the creepy shop owner. Uh, oh, oh, really? Mr. Are we gonna... <laughs> yeah, Mr. Sims. Yeah. Oh man. He's okay. Just, he's just a drunk. Yeah. See. Okay. The when you first meet him, I swear to God, I thought he was creeping on Billy so hard. That's the <laughs> first. I thought that's the route this movie was going down. He just had this look in his eyes like, I want. And I was like, ooh. And I mean, not that I didn't feel that a little bit with Billy when you first see him, but he's, at he's the same hot. time, yeah, I it's hate wrong. that he's hot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Robert Brian Wilson, fucking hot as shit. Yeah, well sculpted man. So much. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, he's hot as fuck. Uh, man. Uh, Did he do anything else? Did that? No. Oh, we're going to Billy a little no, bit. No, I don't think he's right done now, anything. But... I think he's only done this. Wow. No, yeah, that's amazing. He doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. 90% of the cast has done shit all except Linnea Quigley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. But anyway, yeah, Mr. Sims. Um, like I said, the only reason he really stands out to me, the only he doesn't have too much a big part of a movie. Um, the only reason he really stands out is because, like I said, I thought this was going down a weird creeper route, and I thought that's the route the movie was about to take, but it doesn't. Um, yeah, he is just kind of a drunk, and he's one of the initial kills. Yeah, I can't say first kills because there's there's a number of them. Yeah. Um, if we had to boil it down to most important characters, most important characters are Billy, 
Mother Superior, and the nun. Sister Margaret. The other. Sister Margaret. Okay, I couldn't yeah. remember her name. Those are that's probably the three that are most important. There are some ancillary characters. There's the girl that he works with at the store, Pamela. Pamela, like she she's kind of important because she's what sets this off. Um, Ricky, basically, is what happened? Important. <laughs> what the douchebag? No, Ricky is the brother. Rick, Ricky's his brother. Oh, uh, Andy is the douchebag. I'm making a duck face because I hate the fact that we have to sit here and talk about the sequel. We'll get to that, but it's annoying me. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, the I guess the the way to break this down is Wait, what do that, you mean? What, what do you mean he's also the asshole? I, I'm trying yeah, to understand Andy's what you're, you're saying. Andy is the asshole. Oh, Andy's the asshole. Yes, Sorry. Correct. I thought you were saying and he's the... Okay. <laughs> Damn, no, I, I need to clarify because I feel like other people will probably hear the same thing. Okay. <laughs> uh, but anyway... Uh, Pamela's important because she's the kind of the jumping off point of what happens. Because basically, we didn't really go into it in in detail. But basically, uh, Billy sees his parents murdered by Santa as a child, goes to an orphanage, is not well treated at that orphanage, and allows his psychosis to fester and doesn't get any treatment or help. Also sees some dudes or some... Some dudes. Some people. Yeah, some dudes. (laughs) Some people fucking... That gets lodged into his subconscious somewhere. Yeah. And then when he meets a girl that he likes as an adult, when he's working at a grocery store, no, a toy store, uh, he envisions himself doing the fuck to Pamela. Doing yeah. the fuck. Uh, we should also <laughs> mention, like, the grandfather is, like, it says nursing home on the wiki page, but it's a fucking mental facility. And his yeah. grandfather basically <laughs> fucking scares the shit out of him when he's, like, just yeah. before the That's murder true. thing happens with his parents. And his yeah. grandpa is like, hey, Santa's gonna fucking punish you. And that's why he's like yeah. he is. It's like the worst Batman origin story that could have existed. <laughs> like Calendar <laughs> Man, but shit. Yeah. It, it is a good scene. The grandpa scene is a really good scene. Although not necessary. It would have worked just as well without it. You know what I mean? What I was going to say is that the important thing that you forgot to say when you were talking about the the couple having sex in the, the orphanage is that he is he uses that to because then Mother Superior comes in and punishes them. Right. So he's he's seeing sex as a sinful act. Like... Correct. Specifically that it needs punishment. Yeah. Let's Correct. say. So that's, that's the important thing for later. <laughs> Correct. Yes. <laughs> and I know we're jumping all over the place, and yeah. I apologize. <laughs> it, it's But this it's movie, fine. this movie, when you watch it, it kind of does throw you for a loop a little bit, because you, you you are going into it expecting a fun horror film, and this is not a fun horror it film. It is and, uh, what you're, Yeah. What you're witnessing is us trying to kind of unpack it yeah. for, for, for your ears. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what I was saying with Pamela is, um, again... So when he finally meets a a girl that he likes when he's working at the toy store, um, he kind of flashes back to the sexual encounter that he witnessed when he was a child, and he envisions himself with Pamela, and so he grows attached to Mm -hmm. her, which, I mean, I believe everybody can relate to that. You know what I mean? Like, you see... You see someone when you're young, and you're just like, oh, man, I wish I were with that person. And then when you realize 
there with someone else that devastates you when you're younger. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it's not until you're older that you realize I'm not the most important thing in the goddamn world. Pretty it much. also just doesn't help <laughs> yeah. throughout the entirety of this, especially like while he's seeing the person he likes with another person. He's been forced into a Santa Claus suit. True. So, I mean, he's <laughs> all over the fucking place. True. Uh, and I did forget that part. That might be the most important part of the story. Is that he is forced to do the mall Santa thing. And is <laughs> the creepiest mall Santa in the world. Yeah. Is like just mumbling obscenities at these children as they sit on his yeah. lap. Like, you gotta be good or I'll punish you. Like, ooh. So, sit still. What's wrong with you? What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> but, um, but anyway. So, again... Pamela uh, starts uh, cavorting with uh, the other employee, Andy. Well, no. Yes, Let, Let's put it this way. They start cavorting with each other. No, because he leads her into the back room with mistletoe. But they don't actually do anything until he's basically like, let me show you something. And then he assaults well, her. No, they yeah, start so making they've out. been making out for that's what I, That's what I meant by cavorting. Cavorting is making out. He assaults yeah. her. He does assault her at, yeah. at the end. You are correct. Yeah. And uh, I just don't want it to seem like you, you know. Don't I to be you know what I'm saying? Like, well right. placed. Uh, but again, yeah. cavorting I meant by making out, and that is what Andy or uh, what Billy witnesses. Right. However, well, yeah, yeah. However, <laughs> when in the back room, Andy begins the assault, and uh, Billy is. Thus moved to, oh boy, what does he do to him? He doesn't get the hammer. Oh yeah, he gets uh, strangled by the Christmas lights. Yes, <laughs> yes he does. Every death is kind of Christmassy in a way, uh, <laughs> but uh, not Pamela's death. She just gets fucking gutted. True. He yeah, just goes. Bloop, bloop. Yeah, no, and then and then he also kills Pamela and thus starts the rampage. Yeah, yeah and then he kills <laughs> Mister Sims with hammers uh, are Christmassy. I, Oh, <laughs> and then he kills the uh, what's her name with an air, a bow and oh, arrow. Um, he got it for I can't Christmas. remember her name, <laughs> but that's a really cool death. Hold on, Mrs. Randall. That's Mrs. It. Randall. I'm totally not <coughs> looking at a character list. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like Mrs. Randall. I'm just gonna come out and say it. Just... I'm glad she's dead. <laughs> 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 Anyway, but um, but the main reason, yeah, Pamela was really important. Other characters that are really important. That's a, other than Billy and the three that I mentioned, or Billy and the other two that yeah. I mentioned. That's about it. So let's talk about the three that are really important. Billy, yeah, uh, yes. Billy, Billy is uh oh god, he's a guy. Um, I mean, you you the movie actually does a surprisingly good job of like showing you the mental development. Yeah. Um, and him growing up in, with this trauma and how it gets worse and worse over time and how when it goes untreated or when it goes negatively reinforced by the mother superior, then it just gets worse and worse and worse until it just becomes a psychotic rampage. Uh, and, and I mean, okay, so I feel like it's actually pretty pretty well portrayed by the actors that played Billy throughout the years. I like how it, I, I feel like it's kind of a relatively realistic uh, progression, mm-hmm. let's say. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I—that's I, one thing that I wasn't expecting. Oh uh, yeah, because I—I I hadn't seen this movie until we decided we were going to do it, and I'm glad I did actually. Yeah, the 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 
very the youngest Billy is very naive, takes everything at face value. Uh, as I was saying when I watched it, I got very moral oral vibes from it. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> How did I not see that? Oh my god! That it's that's because he's just been watching. I, moral I just oral. was watching moral oral, but anyway, but Same. he basically takes everything at face value. He takes what his grandpa says as truth that. Santa is not 100% nice, that he is also out for punishment on Christmas Eve. Um, and he is very scared when they come across Santa in the middle of the road after Santa has just, what did he get, 19 bucks at his convenience <laughs> store heist? No, I think it's like 30 bucks. <laughs> oh, is it really? Oh, okay, well, inflation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, but then... Um, a little bit older. We we called him twelve. We have no he's, idea how old oh. he is when he's older. I think he's meant to be about eight because it's seventy four. So he's five in seventy one. So five six. And oh, yeah, okay. he's eight. Okay, so eight year old Billy. Eight year old. I really like how they. Eight year old mullet I really man. Like, yes, eight year old mullet man. Um, proto solid snake, as we, as we <laughs> like to say. Solid <laughs> snake. If he had really bad fucking issues. <laughs> um, but I really, I thought it was really relatable and it made sense the way they they portrayed him as an eight year old because he's very quiet, mm-hmm. very submissive. I guess is the, is the best way to call it. Just yes, mother superior, no mother superior. Yeah, yeah. No, and I mean, you don't know if that's because of his schooling. You don't know if that's because of his trauma. You don't know what it is, but he's. You know, that quiet kid. That's kind of yeah, like, you know what I mean? That's kind kid, of like the... Because the... everyone sort of, like, there's that one kid that talks to, like, child, very small child Ricky and is like, your brother's a nutcase. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And you get that sense early on and... He's got a mullet. Like, well... <laughs> but you, you, and that's one thing that you hear and it might not be a good generalization, but, you know, you know, quiet, weird child. That's the one well, that grows I mean, up to generally, attack. generally, when you have psychological trauma as a child, that is mm. what tends to happen. Is you kind of go inward. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. When you 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 tend to become more taciturn. Uh, you tend to become a little bit less social mm-hmm. because just because I get you know on a, on a certain level you just can't feel like you relate to everybody the same way mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. Um, which is you know when you're in that developmental stage is incredibly important, and that's why when you have such trauma as a child, you tend to. It tends to get worse because you're not having that socialization anymore. Especially as he's aware that not everyone else is scared of Santa. Mm -hmm. Like, he's aware of that because of the fact that everyone else is, like, happy to see Santa when he goes to punch him and everyone's shocked when he punches him. God, he fucking decks that guy. How does an (laughs) eight-year-old absolutely just fucking... He put all of his... Well, it's good. First of all, it was a sucker punch. He caught Santa way off guard. <laughs> and it's his mullet power. <laughs> it's his mullet power. He, yeah, he has... He has he's he's aerodynamic because he doesn't have long hair in the front, so he's oh got he he can fly at mullet speeds <laughs> to punch Santa. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the way Billy is portrayed in that interim year, yeah. I find really, really well done. And again, it is really. 
I'm already feeling somber because I because because the movie is not. It's hard to talk about. But yeah. it's hard to talk about. It, it's just. It's it, a I think thing. that's why we're making it, so many sort of jokes to try and lighten the fact that this yeah, movie really is, is so fucked. Yeah. yeah. And then um, let's bring it forward, and then you see adult Billy. He's what eighteen? Yeah, he's eighteen. Uh, yeah, I think at, so, the, yeah. At the at the at the dawn Boy. of adulthood. Yeah. Um. He seems initially very well adjusted. Yeah, and the actor, like the, I mean, he doesn't really have too many speaking lines before he goes crazy. He's just kind yeah. of like you basically see a montage of him carrying boxes, helping people to pick it's out toys. It's literally like a classic eighties montage. Yeah. It really is. It's yeah. like a sitcom. <laughs> yeah, it is like a fucking sitcom. Yeah, Even a sitcom music. Over yeah, there. it does. And so you get the sense that he's worked through his issues or at least it makes you think that he has like he's Until overcome they some things. Until that poster but yeah, that but then has Santa Claus's face on it. Yeah, it has the banner with the what I'm going to call the classic Coca-Cola Santa because that's yeah. exactly what it looks the like. The Norman Rockwell Santa, yes. Oh, is that what it, oh, it did? Yes. Yeah, Coca-Cola used Norman Rockwell stuff. Yes. That's yeah. what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, so he sees that and immediately you can see on his face, like the actor does a really good job of seeing that he totally takes everything inward immediately yes. after that. And he does become that little child that we saw as an eight-year-old. Mm-hmm. So even though he hasn't done anything since, for whatever reason, this role is, he, he does this role really well. Yeah. Like this is a really good job because yeah. he does not have the same facial expression ever again in the movie. No. You know, when, he, when he's like a happy-go-lucky guy at the beginning, every time after that, Including when he's like doing the murderous rampage in Santa, he looks pained. He looks upset. Like he yeah. does a really good job of acting this role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so I don't know. It's just really overlooked acting performance, especially yeah. since he hasn't done anything else. Yeah. Like, I, I yeah I tend to agree with all that. Like at <laughs> the honestly, end, like his facial like facial expression when he's telling the kids that like Santa's gone. Like as he mm. as he's like dying is like wow dude that's that's a like he seems at peace which mm, we'll yeah, see we don't yeah. see during all the murders yeah <laughs> and we don't even really um, see when he's like well adjusted like you can tell that that's kind of a facade true yeah, yeah. I agree uh, but anyway other big characters Mother Superior uh-huh. fucking bitch she she fucks him up. <laughs> yeah. But she basically she's there because it's a movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. He has to have that negative reinforcement. And yeah. obviously people with mental trauma that does ever act out in, in in any kind of way has a negative influence when they're young. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is definitely that aspect <laughs> of She's Billy. like the embodiment of like the misunderstanding of like psychology at that time, mm. like like in the misunderstanding of like trauma in children and in just people in that in that era. Yeah. Um, like she's just the embodiment of like I don't care, just act normal. Like mm. that's they're like not understanding, not treating it with any sort of care at all. I like, will, you know, you know, I will hit you until you act right. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. And I mean, everyone knows that story of nuns that do that. You know what I mean? Like, you might not have... See, I grew up in the Catholic tradition. We didn't have nuns. I will say that. So I don't have any firsthand experience with being in a school Catholic. that has nuns in it. Nuns are. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, my school just didn't have ah. nuns. 
So I went I went to a Catholic school, but it was very much a I don't know if you call it sectarian or I don't, I don't know what the word is. Nonetheless, it I, was a college preparatory academy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, I think no, I think nunless is the correct word. Nunless. Yes. yes. <laughs> um but yeah, no, I didn't have the experience with nuns, but I mean anyone who has they are strict disciplinarians. You know, the she does Mother Superior displays that very well. Um and they are not very understanding. That's yeah. that's the big takeaway yeah. is that they don't cut you any slack. They don't take your personal needs into account. It is all about strict adherence to whatever the rules of your order yeah your order or your school or your orphanage in this case um so she is there to provide that misunderstanding and negative reinforcement well yeah and sister margaret's there to kind of like exactly yeah. even yeah. that out Correct. like she's she's there to be kind of like the yin to the yang as in like okay i i'm more compassionate i'm more understanding i understand that you need kind of a gentler hand in this whole thing and that that's you know even when he's an adult she understands mm -hmm. that like is she he's just she's just like yeah he's still fragile mentally. and i think it, i think it's interesting that she's there is because it might be an inkling of how mental illness was started to be treated at mm. in, in the early, like mid eighties. You know what I mean? Cause earlier on mental illness wasn't treated with that soft yeah. hand. Well, so, so here's, here's an interesting thing. Movie was released in 84. Uh, the DSM three, which is kind of like the definitions of, of like psychological disorders and everything that psychologists use as a reference point. Mm. Uh, PTSD was officially recognized by the DSM in 1980. Mm. So, yeah, so this is kind of like in, in exactly in that era where they started realizing, OK, this is a thing yeah. that we and should so, worry about. Yeah. Sister yeah. Margaret definitely exists yeah. in this movie as the more modern understanding of mental illness. And, hey, we need to address this and gets ignored because it's fairly new in society. Yeah. And also, That's how I Mother Superior anyway. is an older woman. She would have lived through the. You know, she'd live through a different time kind of thing because Sister Margaret can't be more than what, like, late twenties, early thirties at that time. Thirties so, is, is what I would expect. Yeah. For, for 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 a teacher, for a younger teacher, mm -hmm. it it I know it can happen, but you know, a, a teacher with a lot of experience and understanding, usually you would expect to be around <coughs> their thirties if they're really young. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. I I don't think that a lot of Teachers get a lot of once if you're still in your twenties. I just don't know if a lot of schools like hire you right off the bat. You know what I mean? I think I they know. still have to. They do now. I, I don't know. I really don't they, know. They do but... now because they're desperate for teachers. True. Yeah, that's true. But uh, but like especially at this time, I yeah. mean, it, it feels like you need to get some work under your belt. Do working with kids first and everything yeah. like that. Yeah. So. So I would assume around her 30s, but again, I don't know. I mean, she's just, a nun. She's not exactly no a teacher. It will be different. Yeah. They, I think they, well, they still have to they go do through, double duty. <laughs> they, they still have to go to school for that. I mean, yeah. they still have to go through like theology and all that, mm -hmm. but um, I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, let's <laughs> get a little even more heady and start talking about like, let's talk about psychological development. Let's talk about like, okay, so... Like I said, none of us are, in, we're not psychologists, but I I have done a lot of research into behavioral psychology and kind of like how 
mostly in relation because I, I know a lot about serial killers and I, I know a lot about the history of how you become when you get to a psychotic break point or you get to that point where uh, you decide you want to kill people, um, which is related to this, obviously. Mm. Um, so one of the one of the big things um, that they talk about in psychological development is obviously trauma. Trauma is a big thing. Mm. Uh, not only emotional trauma but physical trauma too they there's a lot of serial killers that have actually gotten physical head wounds um and then that causes some sort of physical change in their brain that if, that is only exacerbated by whatever psychological or emotional trauma that they have uh as a child or later in their life um and it's it's what you know they always say nature versus nurture and like what your parents give you versus what you are born as and i would say generally i'm on the camp of like nurture is more important because there's always that that debate in psychology whether nature or nurture is more important and i would say nurture just because of like how much your parents can fuck you up <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah let's I say yeah. and 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 obviously having your parents die when you're that young and killed in front of you by a fucking insane Santa person uh, will really uh, fuck you up and give you bad associations with Christmas, with Santa, and all those sorts of things. And I feel like, in a weird way, it is actually a very real, realistic interpretation of how something like this might actually happen. Mm-hmm. Um, which is maybe why everybody was so upset about it. But uh, <laughs> Well, I don't know. Like <sighs> A lot of people who were upset about it didn't see it, to be honest. That's fair. But, That's yeah, actually no, it's probably a, it's true. It's a very yeah. um, scarily accurate depiction of, as it, like you said, how this thing could happen. It's like, okay, yeah. you got this kid. There have been sort of, not experiments like this, obviously, but, you know, it's something that you could see as an experiment happening by some mm. sadistic psychologist. Oh, well, I, I bet you that the CIA has done oh, some probably. sort of weird experiment like this. Oh, but, oh for sure. Uh, yeah. The big thing about this movie, I think, that is really unique is it, it does show an actual childhood trauma in action and how it evolves over time. And it does a really good job of actually kind of depicting different stages of it, how it affects you, and the ways it affects you. Mm. Um, as far as a horror movie goes, the only other child psychosis type killer that you have is Michael Myers from Halloween. Yeah. Really? Um, or or start, other Billy. Or other Billy, correct. But yeah. uh, but in the original Black Christmas, they don't address it. That's true. So, like... You're let, not sure what's wrong with him. Yeah, let's not yeah. take the, the new one into account, please. <laughs> no. <laughs> the, no. The one that we haven't seen. The one that we have seen, not the one that we haven't seen that will assuredly be just as bad. <laughs> or the um, 2006 one. But Billy, yeah. there is not a deep dive into his psychosis. He just is, and that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Michael Myers, we see in his earliest days, we don't know why he wants to kill his sister for sex. And that's a, that's the weird. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's the wrong sentence that I meant to say. <laughs> kill his sister for sex. No, we don't know why he feels the way he does to the point that he wants to kill his sister. For having sex with her boyfriend, you know what I mean. We don't see the reason. We don't see the childhood psychosis behind. I mean, you do in the. You know what I mean. You do in the Rob Zombie remakes, but we we're not counting those. 
in this context. Well, I, I, up, up yeah, to this about, point, yeah, up I'm, to 1984, I'm looking at in, in through the lens of when Silent Night, Deadly Night was yeah. released. You know what I mean? So Michael Myers is the only killer that's similar to this. But yeah. we don't see what it is. So it's still fun to see him in his weird mask go around murdering babysitters. It's still a fun movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. This does a really good character study on Billy. You know, you know, it yeah. really because you never really get that deep of a dive into the killer of a slasher film. But right. in this, he's like the main character. He's like the one that you kind of feel bad for the oh, most. Yeah. You know, like this is a sad movie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it, it, it's one of those rare movies where you feel really bad for the killer. Like, he's just like, he was not treated po- properly. He was not given proper treatment mm-hmm. for his mental illness. And then it, it manifests in the worst way People possible. People should study this movie um, more in film classes for that. Because, like, you, you always should. get, you know, the Halloween thing, and then you always get people giving their ideas on why Michael does it. Like no, here's some here's a slasher movie that has literal psychological stuff behind it that you can right. pinpoint. Like right, it has clear lines. I mean, yeah, to it's not greatly one made. from one event to another. Like yeah, yeah. it's not greatly made, yeah. and it's kind of on the face of it, it's a silly, campy slasher. Well, I think it's one of those things where it's like, you know, when you play old video games, yeah. for instance, like the the gameplay is there. It doesn't really matter if the graphics weren't, aren't mm. up to spec anymore. It, 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 you still enjoy it because of the of the way it's made and, mm. and how it is playable and all that sort of stuff. I've kind of feel it's the same way with this. Like, yeah, there's some there's some shots that don't look so great. It, it, you know, the quality's not great. And yeah, there's campy and the music's not amazing. But the message that they're trying to get across is actually fairly yeah. salient, mm. you know. And the what they all say is that I do like this movie a lot, and I think it d- displays mental illness in a, in a really unique light as far as horror movies go. One thing I will say is that I bet you whoever made this movie, and you know a little bit more about who made the movie and stuff like that than I, I do. don't really but, know about who made the movie, not really. Oh, really? Okay. It doesn't, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. I mean, what, yeah. All I was going to say is that it's possible they're presenting a not educated version of mental illness as I well. I mean, yeah. You know what I, I mean? mean I don't, we possible. could be viewing this from a weird lens where they're viewing mental illness in a way someone who might go through the same trauma might not end up to be, be a killer. So you yeah. know what I mean? So, I mean, again, this this is a movie. It is sensationalized. But at the same time... How would you feel if this happened to you? You know what I mean? That, there's that connection there that's really yeah, well done, and so yeah. <laughs> so well. So here, here's let's talk about the psychology of it. Let's talk about PTSD, and and this is a this is a thing that I don't know how we haven't really talked about PTSD before this because I, I guess because this is the best movie to talk about it. Um, but let's talk about the history of PTSD and the definitions of PTSD o- over time because. As as a lot of us know, uh, the thing about traumatic stress 
is that it's existed for a really long time. Even ancient Greeks have talked about stress related, like to being in battles or something like mm. that. You know, the most common that you hear of is soldiers. Soldiers have PTSD or they have some sort of traumatic stress from being in war. Um, and that's, that's completely understandable and that's completely valid. And that's a thing that we hear the most about, you know, in world war one, we heard it being called shell shock or, uh, and you know, in world war two, we heard it being called battle fatigue. Battle fatigue yeah. is what I remembered it being yeah. called. Uh, yeah. It has had, a number of different names through the years. Yeah. So, uh, Shell Shock and Battle Fatigue were two of the earliest ones. Yeah. I believe it had a couple of different iterations prior to PTSD yeah. after yeah. those two as well. So yeah. it, it, it has evolved over time because the understanding of it has changed. Right. Yeah, post-traumatic stress disorder, as it is defined now, was actually from... Uh, Vietnam War. Mm. Uh, that's that's a lot, a large part of how we understand a modern understanding of of post traumatic stress disorders from uh, observing soldiers that were coming back or in the Vietnam War. Um, and it, you know that's even more evidenced by the fact that we are are the largest part of our understanding about PTSD actually came in the late seventies and the early eighties. And like I said before, the DSM three. Uh, got its definition of PTSD uh, solidified in 1980. So that's that's when we started really understanding how important it is. And, and that is largely in relation to soldiers. The thing is, we didn't really start relating it to non-combatants until probably the mid-80s, the late 80s. Um, and the thing is, is that we didn't, it's because we didn't understand it. We didn't understand that traumatic stress is not, does not always have to be war related. Yeah, and you know? there are still health... people who don't believe that people who haven't been to war have PTSD. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. And mental health has always been a very challenging issue, and I mean it still is. Yeah. Judging based on the way that, yeah, let's say insurers or let's say you know your employer or whoever treats you when if you were to come forward and say I have depression. I need time off to go to therapy. A, therapy. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> a lot of them will say that's not covered. Mm, right. You need to come to work. Yeah. You know, so it's always been very testy. Obviously, prior to this era in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, at least in America, I'm not entirely sure how it was in the rest of the world. I can't speak to that, but uh, from what I've understood, Mental health has always been kind of taboo in this oh, country. Oh, it's super taboo here. Like, yeah, and... Still. Yeah. And... Specifically, traumatic stuff was just a thing, from what I understand, you just don't talk about. Yeah. Yes. Uh, men, people that identify as male, there's the whole culture of silence, keep yeah. your emotions bottled up. Yes. Veterans are supposed to not talk about things because, you know, for whatever reason, you know, uh, I'm not a veteran. I couldn't speak to that. Yeah. But, you know, it is a very, you know, strong stoic silence type thing where you're not supposed to talk about the, the hurt that you felt. Um, men that have experienced, you know, other traumatic things, you know, it's supposed to be bottled up inside. Uh, we see a lot in modern times and in previous times. Women who are victims of, of sexual assault, they are very much discouraged from uh, speaking out for a lot of different societal reasons. Um, and that type of traumatic stress has never been 
well addressed or understood. Yeah. Um, I also think about you know women who you know lose pregnancies or something like that, like the, yeah. the like the depression from that and the mental disorders yeah. that stem from that. That has gone really ignored oh, yeah. for a long well, yeah. time. Postpartum depression has been something that's very yeah. misunderstood. Yeah. Like, mm. yeah. A lot a lot of women's health yeah. issues, you know, oh, yeah. they still for tell sure. them not to talk yeah. about. It's still a thing that most if women feel like they yeah, can not talk about. If you talk about it as a woman, you're weak. If you talk about yeah. it as a man, yeah. you're, you're, you're weaker than the women. Men yeah. don't talk about the, so- the, the mental things. Because <laughs> you know man, apparently. God. Yeah. And we don't even talk about outside hurt, let alone yeah. inside hurts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this but, but, culture. Sort your fucking shit yeah, out. It's, it's, always, it's always been taboo. It was super taboo back then. We are finally coming around to a point where mental health is getting a little more... Recognition, understanding, funding, treatment, everything like that. Well, but no so, funding here. Yeah, Tory thought of that. Yeah. Oh, God. But so we we are seeing this movie come out at the at, at kind of the breaking point for when mental health is coming into the popular discussion. Yes. And mm. that is really interesting. Yeah. Um. I don't know if that was necessarily in response to it. It might. It may have just been a. Funny coincidence? Possibly. Yeah. A coinky yeah. dink? And it's really interesting then that so much controversy happened as a result because, like, we're talking about it now and it, like, you can probably tell we are having, we are having legitimate trouble talking about this yeah. movie a little bit because it's so layered and relevant. Yeah. And I can understand why there's so much controversy is because we still don't want to talk about these right. things. Don't talk about mental health. This is what yeah. Well, okay, so we'll get into the controversy, but largely the controversy was not about his portrayal of mental illness, but about Santa being evil. Uh, that was that was all it was about, really. But I mean, they can say that on the surface, but I yeah, mean... <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, but anyway, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's largely taboo, you know, uh, up to the point of, of the when the movie is made, and it's still taboo today. That's the thing is, it's just it's not understood. Mental no. illness is just not misunderstood because physical illnesses you can see, you can have, you have like visible symptoms, mm. and mental illness is just it's not tangible, you know. And I, that's I think that's largely why it's misunderstood is because there's not because if you're not mentally ill, you don't get it. You know what I mean? You don't understand it because you could you couldn't possibly be in somebody else's head. That's it's you know. Why is it hard to believe though that? Why is it hard for a for a mainstream audience or for a lar- a large amount of people to believe that there's only so much stress that the human mind can undergo before issues happen? You know what I mean? Like I, you think about. I think that's why to to bring it back to something we talk about in the news. I think that's why Joker's been so um successful. Is because it talks it's about portrayal that. Of that. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, think about it. I mean, like. You know a car can only undergo so many revolutions before that engine starts breaking apart. You know that an an air conditioning unit can only filter so much air before it starts running poorly. Why is it hard for a lot of people to understand that so, the mind can only understand so much? So one one of the reasons is is because it's a a small percentage 
of people who experience traumatic stress actually develop PTSD. It's yeah. not it's not a majority, it's a small percentage. Okay. So basically the people who have gone through traumatic stress and don't have PTSD, they're like, well, I did it and I didn't get PTSD. I don't know what's your problem. I don't know if you're just making this up or something like that. It's, it's that they don't understand that not everybody has the same mental faculties. Mm-hmm. It's that they don't okay. understand that that not everybody has the same that has the same experience goes through the same things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it it's it, just a complete lack of putting yourself in somebody else's shoes. A complete lack of empathy, really, is what it is, and not understanding that different people have different mental capacities. Different people have different emotional barriers. You know, okay. and it, and it's a largely your experiences that that develop your. I guess your limits emotionally and, and mentally. It's you like know? those people who go, "Well, I'm poor and I'm not depressed." Exactly. Yeah. What I'm thinking of is like, I guess I understand it in the sense of, and this is going to sound weird, but like a gag reflex. Mm. Like some people can see, like, you know, vomit, puke, poop, whatever. You know, gross stuff mm-hmm. be completely unaffected. Yeah. Other people see it, and I have to leave the room now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I guess that makes sense to me on that level. But I don't know. It, it, it baffles me that so much of our society is built around, at this point, disbelief of mental illness. Right. Or putting up walls to prevent people from correcting and treating mental right i shouldn't say correcting because that sounds like there's something yeah, wrong with you there's it, nothing wrong not, treating is, is treating the is the best word treating because is the best word yeah it, it's it's uh, it's complicated it, it's frustrating it's, really, it's, really it's, it's more frustrating than anything yeah because uh there there are a lot of good resources out there if you if, if you're interested about the like the the obstacles that are in front of you for mental mental illness, uh, like we were watching Patriot Act on Netflix, right. that was a really good deep dive into it. Yeah. Um, but just yeah, Google news sources about you know how mental illness is treated in this country, and it's it's amazing how frustrating the system can be. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't doubt. And yeah, we. I don't, especially with I don't even know what it's like in Britain, especially with your healthcare system. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and then but yeah. but we have the, our shitty healthcare system, but you have the the British we'll stiff have upper your lip culture where nobody talks about anything. If you don't vote <laughs> yeah. Labour on Thursday on the twelfth of December. Sorry, gotta plug that. This, this is already this has already gone up. This has already gone up. Yeah. The election's over. Yeah, you might have won. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um. But, I, I mean, all that's, you know, we're trying to tie it back into the movie because, yeah, we are kind of going on kind of a tirade of, of talking about PTSD and mental health, but it is so important and so largely misunderstood and so fucking stomped on in society, it makes me fucking angry. Yeah. It makes me really angry. And this is one of the <laughs> only movies that I've we've actually felt like this about. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you it follows. Boy, sex is bad. We should laugh at how bad sex is. This is the, invisible the thing killer is, this is killing movie us. has like a kind of a deep understanding <laughs> of like why you know it has like a, a weird empathy for people who have I, gone I through shit like this. I don't think it meant to. I, I, I yeah, it, it feels like it didn't mean to have that, but it it obvi- it just does. It kind of yeah accidentally gave itself like a. Oh, it get, 
it validated validated itself by accident yeah and i mean (laughs) it might just be because of the way mental health has become to be understood in the modern era right that we that we view it through a new lens that they didn't have at that time because like i said it it was at the advent that you just you said the 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 what is it the dsm DSM uh, when the when the DSM three came DSM three yeah yeah so that came out in 1980 so that uh, it was right around them get, developing a modern understanding <coughs> of mental illness so it was obviously pulling from popular it was culture probably just at the a, time it was probably just a right place right time yeah sort yeah of thing honestly and it's just interesting that you can look back at it and it it I I don't know. We should shut up. <laughs> it, it, no, it, I don't know. It still has sort of like a, a a modern, what should be a modern understanding of mental illness and how it's developed and stuff. And it actually is, I don't know. It's just way better than I thought it was going to be. Let me put it that way. Yeah, and then and it comes around. And I mean, it is still a, a good horror movie, but it's a good horror movie in the sense that it actually is pretty terrifying on a level that's not a jump scare, a weird gore thing, or... You know, I think it's really terrifying because it's something that could actually happen. Like, there's no like, there's nothing in it that doesn't seem real, Mm -hmm. and that's you know, you get that a lot in a lot of slasher films, especially you know, like the fucking you know, the more cerebral run ones like Nightmare on Elm Street, Mm. for instance. But but this like nothing here feels fake. You Mm. know what I mean? And that's the scary part. I think like probably it's a, a good analogy is maybe. I haven't watched it in a long time, but you know, you know, falling down that Michael Douglas movie. That's I like never where, seen where he it, it's basically a guy going postal, and I, I use that I use that term just because everyone understands mm. what it means. But it's an office worker who goes on a rampage. Okay, or you know that one movie that was um that middle aged guy and that young girl that just start killing all the posers or whatever it was. Do you remember what movie I'm talking no. about? It was you on mean Netflix natural. for a while. No, not Natural oh. Born Killers. Fuck that movie. Well, I, all I hear was people <laughs> killing poses, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oliver Smith. Good. Is that his name? Stone? Is it Stone? That's Oliver what it is. Stone. I was yeah, thinking yeah. Oliver North, too, but I'm like, wait, that's the guy from, like. Never mind. I don't know. Anyway. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um. So let's talk about the controversy <laughs> of this movie. Uh, because, I mean, we've been kind of referencing it this whole time. The controversy, like we said, is um, supposedly about having an e- evil Santa figure. <laughs> and I mean, that makes sense. Most. <sighs> no one wants to see their kids exposed to that. There's a, there's a thread Especially of... as a lot of the TV adverts were shown between, like, fucking Three's Company and Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> Hell so, so yeah. literally, they, I love that. So literally, they were shown at like pro, like these TV spots were shown at prime time where there would be kids about. Yeah, and but Three's Company isn't a fucking family show. And he wants to fuck them. And like, yeah, but he's also, but he tells everyone he's gay. Like loads of <laughs> these so are fam- these are family values. Like there's loads, <laughs> there were loads of posters around in like malls as well. You know where children would be so the pta were like this can get the fuck out it's scaring our children you know what would have been great is if they and when they put it in a mall around christmas they should have just put it like facing every mall santa oh my god (laughs) that would have been great if they were just like yes if you can just put it on this wall where mall santa has to look at it every time that he has a kid on his lap that'd be great Uh, so I guess, okay, so 
the controversy seems dumb for me. I agree. Uh, I would understand it. We were talking about it a little bit. I would understand if it was because it was too violent, because there are a couple of really violent deaths and pretty graphic deaths yes. and yeah. like realistic deaths. Yeah. Like where she gets cut in her torso, that's pretty brutal. Yeah, it's almost like mm. a My Bloody Valentine yeah. sort of level. The where where she gets impaled on the reindeer, that's pretty brutal. Yeah. Like there are some the, the the beheading. You see that in every horror film. I just yeah. think it's funny in this one yeah. because the head is like obviously a mannequin head. It's a boom. yeah, very. <laughs> Yeah, but um, I could see that because we were talking about this is the same era as the Tipper Gore violence in video games, yes. demonic stuff on the radio, ACDC sucks, yeah. yeah, all this type of stuff. Yeah. I could see if that was the controversy. The fact that it's we don't want an evil Santa makes me mad because basically the parents are complaining that they now have to have the the conversation with children. That Santa isn't real because of this movie. You know what I mean? They put it off for as long as they can, normally, in during normal part of the year. But you have the evil Santa movie, and they have to have that conversation earlier than they expected. Yeah. It's just like if there was a kid's movie that all of a sudden had full penetration in it in the middle of it. <laughs> and then they had to have the, the, the birds and the bees talk prior to when they planned. Oh, man. You know what I mean? Oh, it's a good analogy. I, I I'm going to believe that's a good analogy. It would be <laughs> such a weird ending for Trolls 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or tro Trolls World Tour or whatever the fucking movie it is. Yeah. It's Frozen to just Shrek, get, Shrek, oh. Shrek 5 has gone a weird route. Uh, yeah, just Fiona getting raw dogged. Like, but that's what I'm saying. So that's what I'm going to believe. I don't know for sure that that's what, why the controversy erupted the way that it did. But parents don't like those things. There's, when it, yeah. there's a quote from Variety from 84 that said, most of the protests were generated by the feeling that a depiction of a killer of a killer in a Santa Claus suit would traumatize the children and undermine their trust in Santa Claus. Well, fuck yeah, Santa exactly. Claus. And that's exactly what I'm saying. So they have to tell them early Santa isn't real. Yeah. Or they have to say also there's a killer Santa. There's the good <laughs> one, but there's also the there's the, the, the one with the axe. Sorry. <laughs> It's a crapshoot now. If you're kids. naughty, <laughs> you get killed by Santa. Yeah. So I. So that's a shitty controversy. <laughs> it is because it's just parents being mealy mouthed and stupid. It's, yeah. it's <laughs> you know fucking protesters picketed theaters and sang Christmas carols in protest. <laughs> oh it. fuck! But right. No, off. I mean, I can I can see why like these parents would see something like that. And be like, no, because obviously they're too lazy to do anything about it. I mean, you you could like I see posters for like horror movies worse than this in terms of like gore and stuff, like on bus stops where kids can see it all the time. Yeah, of course, yeah, but 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 it doesn't show the Easter Bunny, you know, devouring someone. Yeah, it or jacking off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't show the Tooth Fairy running his wand the to the through, tooth, or her the wand. The Tooth Fairy, uh, you know, absolute hand of godding the Easter Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I so I I get the controversy. It just. It's just it's such stupid. a lazy controversy. Yeah, it pisses Although me off. Although none of us are parents, like, so that's true. 
Uh, but I mean, at the same time, I guess it is based on your kid. And yeah. I, you're right, I'm not yeah. a parent. Yeah. But. <laughs> Sound lesson. From the. Well, from, okay. I mean, like, I, I remember bawling my eyes out when my mom told me that there was no Santa. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, I remember crying my ass off and be realizing that all those things weren't real. I totally worked yeah. it out because I was a small ass kid. No, I was I was super innocent. And I, I remember it being really sad. I almost, w like, I feel like when, if I ever am a parent, <laughs> there is a there is something to say for like the 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 innocence of being a child and for mm. magic and stuff like that. Yeah, but I almost would rather introduce logic and reason and stuff to a child earlier. You know what I mean? But because if you if you if you look at the world through, but you shouldn't make that choice for everybody's kid. You know, yeah. you are correct, and and yeah. and, and, and I'm, like again, I'm not a parent. That's just how I ideally in my ideally. <laughs> Ideally, in my mind, believe that I'm going to raise a child if I ever do. But like, I, I don't know. It's just, Ugh. see, yeah. it's a hard thing to talk about. Yeah. It's weird here because, as I say, because that was all in the states. Here, the movie was never submitted for certification, so it never got a theatrical release, really. And the sequel was really? denied a certificate, um, because the distributors refused to make the cuts required for an 18 certificate. And it only Jeez. got released with with the certificate and properly, you know, a proper release that wasn't like video nasty, dodgy videotape kind of release in like two thousand and nine. Yes. Wow. Well, that's at least in the UK. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. It was. Uh, but that. It was video nasty. That's a good for spring. So long. And it isn't even a video Nazi. That's, good... <laughs> that's, that's interesting, actually. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say that's a good springboard for talking about the fact that this movie has more sequels than fucking, like, any other movie that I know yeah. of. Like, there's up to five, y yes, right? Yes, you have Sunland Didn't Like Part 2, which everyone knows the, uh, the infamous <laughs> quote from that film. With a garbage, garbage day. day. <laughs> Everyone knows that bit. You've got. It's even quoted in the shutter description. Of yeah. Uh, You've yeah. got Silent Night, Deadly Night Three, which uh, called Better Watch Out, which involves Ricky from the from the little baby, the little baby, and the little kid who is the killer in two. It involves Ricky like. In a fucking mental hospital, which it has. Wait, you mean the baby from the car? Yeah, which yes. is the little kid. Oh my and god! And Ricky, Ricky, yeah. Ricky's the garbage day boy. Yeah, Ricky, Ricky's the killer yeah. too. Right. So yeah, no, I knew that. No, I, but that's oh. the that's the baby. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Whenever we were talking about this movie before, we kept saying brother. I was using brother. In the uh, Shazam orphanage, oh, brother. No. Sense. Oh, oh. <laughs> I didn't think that they literally sent his brother to the yeah, same orphanage. Yeah, because he had a brother. Like, what happened to the baby? But they they separate children all the time. That's yeah. true. CPS is crazy. I, that, I assume I was using my modern understanding of the child protective services like system yeah. and understood that they sent one to Milwaukee and the other to wherever this movie takes place. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, three yeah. has uh, Eric Daré from 
Twin Peaks and Bill Mosley, who we... Eric, diarrhea! And Bill Mosley, we last saw <laughs> in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. It involves oh, him. Oh, yeah. That I can't remember the fucking thingy of that. You've got Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, Initiation. Which... Okay. Which, it's <laughs> basically only a Silent Night, Deadly Night film in terms of name and kind of the fact it's set around Christmas. It was directed by Brian Usner, who did, who was, uh, who's done a load of Lovecraft stuff. It's got Clint Howard in it. Error. Who's uh, Clint Howard? Ron Howard's brother Clint with Howard. a really weird face. Oh! Oh, shit! Okay. Oh, yeah, I know. The, the, yeah. the really weird face, yes. man. Yeah. And Reggie Bannister. <laughs> it's got Reggie in it from fucking Phantasm. Oh shit! Jesus okay, Christ. And, hell yeah. And it's about witches. Initiations about witches. And uh, all I remember from it is that it screaming mad George did all the effects. That's why there's loads of like weird bug effects. So it, it's fascinating to me that this movie, which again very somber, very very introspective, very like not. Fun, scary, oh, shit. slasher movie. Oh shit! Five has Mickey Rooney in it. Oh my god! <laughs> yep. Holy shit! It's got Clint anyway. Howard again and Mickey Rooney, <laughs> and that's the one. There's the Toy Maker, and that's the one where you've got Petto's, Petto's, uh, Joe Petto's toy store, and everyone just oh my god. thinks it's like Petto's toy store. Is it? Is it supposed to be? Geppetto? Geppetto? Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's fucking lazy. <laughs> and then you've got Peanuts. Why did this movie become a series? Why? And then you've got, <laughs> I don't know. And then you've got his like weird robotic, you don't know if it's like a real child or, well no, it is a fucking robot, but it's weird. You've got Pino Petto, which is his fucking kids. Mickey Rooney's kids. Yeah. This movie is weird. Let me tell you, this is like one of my favorite parts of us doing like obscure, like uh, <laughs> a, a, obscure franchises is just Chrissy reading off the description <laughs> of the sequels to us and us just going, what Why? the fuck? Now, yeah. I, I've only, I've seen Initiation and I know I've seen, obviously I've seen two and I know I've seen Better Watch Out, but I don't remember it. And the uh, the only reason I sort of remember all of these mildly well is because I watched Dead Meets Kill Counts of them when they did the Silent Night, Deadly Night series. Oh. What the fuck were they thinking? And then they made a remake <laughs> that's very, very, very loosely based on it in 2012 with Malcolm McDowell. Oh my god. But the remake was wow, just called Silent Night. That. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it's it, technically it, no, it, the sixth installment of the franchise because it's kind of a sequel, but kind of not. Jesus oh, my brain! Uh, okay, well, okay, so <laughs> well, uh, at least we have the first movie. That's all. Yeah, That's really. All. Yeah, no, yeah. We have two. And you as said well. that the, you, well, you said that the second one is just ninety percent just the first yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they gave them such a shit budget for the second one that they literally just said to them. Recut the first film to make it look like another film. Uh, and then they shot, like, a few key scenes. But, yeah, it's, it's like 90% of the second film is just the first one. Yeah. It, 
okay, fine, <laughs> whatever, fine. Uh, what are our favorite moments from this one? <laughs> Chrissy, you go first. Oh, it's ge- like genuinely one one the best killers, Linnea Quigley's fucking impalement on the deer. But one of my favorite scenes is when. Uh, I think is it Sister Margaret finds all the bodies and she screams and all of like the the mouth all of the mouths of like the little soldier jump drum boys all their mouths are open. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that part's that's awesome. Such a, that's crackers. such a good shot. Yeah. The screaming nutcracker. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That is a really good scene. Uh, my favorite scene is where the boy decks Santa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he punches him in his stupid Santa face. I love that. My favorite part, uh, and it's, I mean, it's not a single scene, um, but I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I love <sighs> the first part of the movie. Then it has the ancillary kills that don't connect to, like, his actual psychosis. They don't, right. they aren't, the, the, the couple and the bullies, nothing to do I mean, with why he I mean, he they're doing naughty things, and he That's, that's all it is, it. though, but it has nothing, they don't connect to him personally, no. though. And I feel like that cheapens it a little bit. Still a good movie, yeah. but yeah. cheapens it a little bit. My favorite part of the movie, though, is the la- is basically the climax, mm. where the cop accidentally shoots the pastor walking oh, up to the orphans, gosh, yeah. finds out it's the wrong Santa, he's doing his patrol, he gets jumped, and then fucking, he's about to kill Mother Superior, he gets shot, and then the brother at the end is, Nyay! like, the <laughs> whole end of this movie is perfect, I love it. It could have set up a good like, sequel, but no, it just set up. <laughs> Garbage yeah. day. Day. <laughs> no, but otherwise, like I said, I love the second half of this movie. I love the or the 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 the, the climax mm. of this movie. I love the first whole part of this movie. The only things I would cut out are the weird ancillary kills. Yeah, make it about fifteen minutes shorter. Make it a tighter film. It would have been like cinematic masterpiece, in my opinion. As it is, I love. I'm. It. Yeah, I'm okay. Just a step below. I'm I'm okay <laughs> with the cheap kill for Linnea Quigley because I never pass up an opportunity to see her boobs. Why do you think Return of the Living Dead is one of my favorite films? They are good. They boobs. are full shot uh, naked in that, and it's beautiful. <laughs> um. So, I would say final thoughts here. Watch this movie. Uh, it's definitely very good. Um, there, as Isaac said, there are some kind of like, it's got some of that, it's got to have a body count of some sort of slasher mm-hmm. film, but it's not like other slasher films. And it's, it's got more, it's more, there's a lot more substance to it than it looks. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. I thought going into this movie, things that I'd heard about it, I was like, okay, this is going to be just a garbage fest. It's going to be a garbage day. <laughs> uh, it's it's not going to have any real like like depth to it. But it actually like when we started watching, it, I was like, damn, this is actually this is interesting because you you're sitting there thinking to yourself the whole time you're watching. Okay, so when's the slasher? Who's the slasher? And you're realizing that the character you're watching the whole time that's the slasher, the guy who you're feeling bad for. That's the guy who's going to kill everybody. And then you don't like you still feel bad for him even when he's killing people. Like, I don't know, it's it's one of those rare slasher films that has, like, a real... It has real substance. You're right, it is a con- contemplative, mm. yes. <laughs> uh, um, and I, I don't know, it's it's really interesting. I would say it's 
better than revisiting you think it, it yeah, was definitely it... strange because it was like what I remember from it is just like the dumb like outside part, you know the. I mean, even really, I do confuse one and two sometimes because of the fact they're the same fucking movie. <laughs> but yeah, like yeah. what I remember from it, I didn't remember how fucking deep it went. But then again, like the last time I saw it, I was like. 19 maybe mm. so yeah yeah and maybe you you might have a different experience when watching it like maybe you you will watch it and you just think it's like oh it's a crazy santa killer movie you know yeah. what i mean there's definitely that's probably what it was made yeah for. yeah we might be reading into it yeah but it really is Impo- I don't know. It it highlights an issue that it, that is a lot more important than itself. Yeah. In a, in a way that I didn't expect it, <laughs> and I think makes it a lot more valid in today than it, than, it, than it has ever been. And I I don't know. I just like it, and it's a good movie. And I mean, fucking, there's a lot of movies that deal with this type of thing. You True. know what I mean? Jacob's yeah. Ladder. A lot of movies is that deal that with. I think can be on oh, the yeah, same. Oh yeah, exactly. That's Jacob's where Ladder I, is like, amazing. Same, that was a, the next thing that was going to come out of my mouth. <laughs> we're probably we're probably going to do Jacob's yes. Ladder. Yeah, at some Jacob's point, Ladder is another movie that's like, yes, it's a scary horror film. Yes, it has some really good imagery in it. And le- yes, it's a it's a piece of art. But yeah, it's also about some guy's actual like it's about something that someone somewhere out there has actually like encountered mm. in yes. their own life. Yeah. And it's important to talk about. And it's important to understand. Mild- mental illness is a real thing. <laughs> yeah. It's actually kind of an interesting sort of an other side of the coin of this movie, uh, in a in a in a way. Mm-hmm. Um just like they they, they complement each other really yeah. well. Um so it's interesting. We're gonna do that movie at some point, by the way. Um but I would say the name of this podcast is to read really deeply into stupid yeah. horror movies. So, um, it, it, like dumb said, intellectuals. You know, experience. Yeah. Yeah. Experiences maybe. <laughs> but we really enjoyed it. And that's kind of the whole point of the podcast is to tell you how we feel about things. Um, but uh, thank you for listening. For sure. That's all we got this it's, week. It's yeah, always been a year, guys. How fucking strange is that? It, it has I been. I thought it's already been a year. I thought it was a <laughs> no. year a while ago. <laughs> Our first episode. The thing was released in January, actually. Was but our oh, wow. our first um our first re- rehearsal episode was yeah. around this time, yes. Yeah, so oh, okay, that's, we, that's which has never been like. released. Yeah, uh, uh, which maybe at some point down the line, if anybody we should just yeah, do well, it again. yeah, let's just we should just do it. Again. Let's, yeah. let's do a proper episode yeah. on that. Yeah, I actually do want to do an episode about that. Um, we and, don't and talk we'll, enough about VHS <laughs> movies. Yeah, yeah. And we're, we're not going to say outright what it is, but it is uh, something that actually, now that we were thinking about it, might be an interesting yeah. one to do. For sure. Um, yeah. Um, but thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking with us for a year if you're still listening. Absolutely. Uh, this has been great, and we're still going to keep doing it. And I still have it. to pee. And I just, I just <laughs> has to pee. So, uh, I have to go watch Ghost Adventures. See you later. We love you. <laughs> love you. Bye.